to cover another i guess obscure <laughs> episode of an anthology uh television show funny enough even though this is only our second installment we're covering a very well known very well known probably the most well known anthology television show i would say this is the number one anthology or most famous anthology tv show ever yeah i'm trying to think what else would be more popular than the, than the Twilight Zone because that's what we're going to be covering. <laughs> um, yeah, is there something else? Like Tales from the Crypt, which we which we previously covered, is probably the only other thing, the only other show that is probably up there. Is there something else? Yeah, more I mean, not more popular. I would say there's nothing more popular as far as anthologies that I think than Twilight Zone. Goosebumps like, is pretty pretty dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Twilight Zone <laughs> though, like Twilight Zone was primetime network television when it aired you know like Twi- yeah. that's OG. kind of the benefit of it yeah yeah well well Whereas, in like, pop culture everybody HBO, knows you know yeah. like everyone knows the twilight zone basically it's like mm-hmm. one of those things where people reference the the theme song it's been remade 50 million times yeah as a tv show (laughs) when people even like just in like the lexicon of how people talk when they go through something that is like weird to them the the saying is am i living in the twilight zone you know Mm -hmm. like it's just regular people talk yeah and it just goes to show you how how popular it is in general and just kind of how i think everyone even if you've there's probably people that have never seen a single episode of the twilight zone know what the twilight zone is that's kind of just just kind of how it is now on a more personal level, we'll start with Chris. Like, where do where where do you stand with the Twilight Zone? Is it one of your favorite shows? Yes, no, maybe. Oh, absolutely! It, I it it's one of those shows that I mean, and I know you guys are probably in similar boats. Like, been watching since I can't remember watching TV. Like, obviously, it ended quite a while before we were born (laughs) but (laughs) um you know it's always it was always on somewhere growing up whether it was like the marathon for new year's eve on on pics or Mm -hmm. uh channel 11 whatever the hell it's called wpix was the original (laughs) or like you know sci-fi channel or i remember like back in the day even tbs would have episodes on early in the mornings and stuff so like it's just always been there and so i have a lot of sentimentality for the show and i have a lot of like core memories from my childhood that have twilight zone and are adjacent to twilight zone so for me it's it's the top of the tops it's kind of crazy that the new year's marathon is still a thing like they Mm -hmm. still do it it's kind of crazy that that's just i wonder when that started because it's been happening my entire life right basically like i just remember it always being a thing this like long two-day marathon even in the age of streaming television you know like everything you can binge watch everything and it still exists as a television marathon yeah i was gonna say that like on new year's day a new year we don't obviously nobody really has cable anymore if if you do that's okay (laughs) um but 
I, I because it's such like a tradition, I I went on uh, Paramount or wherever else you can find it, right? You can find it everywhere. Um, and I New Year's Day, I just started watching episodes that I didn't watch. I actually skimmed. There's just so many to sit there yeah. and try and get it done. So I actually just skimmed through a bunch of episodes, and I'm like, I don't think I've ever watched this one, and I watched it. We grew up. Uh, watching it, same thing like uh, New Year's Day at my grandma's yeah. house. I remember grandma really liked to watch um, Twilight Zone. My grandma was actually pretty cool. I think every, cool everybody's think grandma watched Twilight Zone. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. So it was the it was the only grandma show that was cool for, to watch. For a kid, <laughs> right. like then for a kid then, and I feel like even for a kid now, it's it's very enjoyable to watch like in my brain i'm like oh it's it's black and white when i was a kid black and white oh it's old i don't want to watch something that's old but it it was understandable and enjoyable enough that it's kind of timeless even even so now the stories are just timeless you know it's i never had that with the twilight zone i don't know why like like you Mm -hmm. said the whole like when you're like eight you're like ah it's old you know but i never Mm -hmm. had that and personally I, I used to think it was creepy, like some of the mm-hmm. episodes. Absolutely, not yeah, the, the episode we're covering today, because the one we're covering no. today is not is not a creepy one. But some of the episodes, you know, are so iconic, and it's usually the ones that are creepy or in the realm of supernatural. Night, like Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet used it, to scare the shit out of me as a kid. That's mm-hmm. probably the most iconic one, right? Eye yeah. of the Beholder. That's yeah. probably another yeah. one that everyone knows. You know, everyone does the the William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, the, the, I like the 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 image of the monster on the wing is yeah. is an iconic image, and yes. it's burned into my childhood. But yeah, there's a lot of iconic episodes. I'm sure I could see us maybe doing an episode down the line talking about maybe the top ten Twilight Zone mm-hmm. episodes or something. Oh, that that's, make for a, that's that an make easy, for a fun one. easy list, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really I would easy. love to see how our lists compare, though. That would be an interesting thing. That would, that would be, be an interesting, interesting thing. thing. Yeah, I'm sure I know, that's something we'll do. I, I know for a fact that you personally, Louie, introduced me to an episode that I had never seen before with one of your personal favorites, uh, Five Characters in Search of an Exit. Oh, yeah, dude. <gasps> Louie introduced me to that, that too. I had never seen that one before <laughs> until until you know we were talking about Twilight Zone one day, and, and that's a great episode. That's a, that's dude, a story for another time, but dude, that's a great that, episode. Yeah, I definitely in the future want to maybe dive into that one because I always just found it so interesting, and I feel mm-hmm. like... There's episodes of the Twilight Zone that have influenced like other movies and oh, shows. Certainly. And I sometimes feel like that one inspired Toy Story. I don't know why, just like the premise of them being toys and all that. I don't want to get too into it, but maybe you never know, you know. Some of these these episodes are so mm-hmm. iconic. And that's yeah. more of a deep cut one like the one we're going to be talking about today. Um, but we're rambling on about Twilight Zone. We should maybe move forward and, and, and jump into the show that you picked. I mean, the episode that you picked. Because you picked this one, Chris. This is you. And that's The Changing of the Guard. And since you picked this one, hit us with the episode breakdown. If you could have been at that meeting, sir, you would have been very proud of the things said about you and your work. A teacher of incalculable value to all of us. But, well, youth must be served, Changing of the guard, that sort of thing. All right, so this is uh, the Changing of the Guard season three finale. Originally aired June first, nineteen sixty-two. 
Um, that's my mom's birthday, June 1st. Oh, Happy wow. birthday, mom. Uh, <laughs> it, um, so this episode is about uh, an aging school teacher at a boys boarding school who is forced to retire before he thinks he should. He feels like he has more to accomplish. He feels like that he maybe hasn't made the impact that he thought he should make as a teacher. And, um, but he's forced out. So he feels like his life has been a complete waste and he decides that he's going to end his life. Um, and he's contemplating suicide. He is fairly close on the path to that. And, uh, something happens to him that makes him see the light and, and shows him that maybe he did make an impact. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil that yet, but you know, let, let, let's talk about this episode and why I chose this episode. Yeah. Wh- why did you choose uh, uh, this one? Because it is honestly, dude, when most people, when you think of the twilight zone, you think of like monsters and aliens, usually yeah. it's more science fiction, but why why is this one of your favorite ones on like a more personal level like why so like we were talking about how the twilight zone is a very like you know it's sci-fi heavy and it's it's monsters and aliens and and robots and all this kind of stuff this episode while it does have sort of an air of mm, supernatural let's say mm-hmm. it also is different in the sense that a lot of the Twilight Zone episodes have a, I guess the best way to say it would be kind of a mean spirit to them. You have a character yeah. who's generally the main character in a Twilight Zone episode that you don't necessarily want to root for because they're, you know, they may have some kind of crappy thing to them or they may be going through something more mean spirited and, and, you know, there's monsters that are attacking uh, an airplane or yeah. there's uh, Martians in a diner. And, and there's a lot of uh, this episode is is really the complete opposite of that. And it's really, you know, sweet and sentimental and, yeah. um, you know, obviously elevated by the presence of uh, a class actor like Donald <laughs> Pleasance. Yeah. Um, who just, he does a fantastic he job. It, he really does. Yeah. Um, he carries you know, the entire episode. His, 100%. his face is so expressive. He shows such great emotion. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it takes place around Christmas time. So I guess it's kind of a Christmas episode, but it, it, it's sort of timeless <laughs> in the sense that, yeah, you know, there's a really sweet sincerity to it that you don't really get mm-hmm. a lot in the Twilight Zone. And that's why it's one of my favorites. It's funny too that it's a Christmas episode, just considering mm-hmm. the release date is June first. Yeah, <laughs> like you're not really. And this is and and I'm not like again, th- honestly, dude. This is a really somber episode of the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's not the type of episode where you're gonna have like a good time watching it. Mm-hmm. Like, not that it's not fun. It's more dramatic com- mm-hmm. when yeah. comparing it to some of the other more like fictional like kind of premises even though this is very fictional in a way it's not though because right. there's some mm-hmm. and when we get to the ending we'll we'll go we'll dive into that a little more but it 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 can very much be set in like the real world in what this character is feeling yeah now 
I like that you mentioned like the, the, the whole kind of aspect of you know his in the breakdown you mentioned his past helping him realize something. You know what this is very reminiscent of? It's a wonderful life. Absolutely. Yeah. There is yeah, no like, way that <laughs> Sterling wasn't inspired by It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, ju- just and it's weird because again, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not the I'm not this It's a Wonderful Life like hardcore fan. I don't even remember when that film was released. <laughs> um, when I was watching it, just the coincidences of Christmas, suicide, mm-hmm. and not appreciating life, and then what happens towards the end. Yeah. Just feels, you know, very much like that movie. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life came out in 1946. So it had been out almost 20 years by the point that this episode came out. So there's there's no way that it wasn't an influence on this episode. Sammy, what's your initial thoughts on this episode? Have you ever seen this one? So I hadn't seen this episode um, prior to now. I watched it twice. Um I really liked it. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think there's been... There's some Twilight Zone episodes that I consider, like, kind of boring. But I but <laughs> I actually really enjoyed this one. And it's kind of... I, I'll second that. It's just, like, one of the very few, if the only one, that does not end with some kind of bizarre sci-fi like spooky dookie kind of ending it's like mm-hmm. actually kind of sweet and pleasant and you really feel for this character whereas a lot of like the other episodes there's nothing there's no empathy really that i'll have for the character i'm just kind of like at the edge of my seat wondering when something bad's gonna happen that's how i am whenever i watch um twilight zone i'm like okay well how is this gonna end versus like actually like super empathetic like to the point where i mean sorry i'm such a baby but like i actually got like a little teeny tiny emotional I'm not saying i'm so i was sobbing but <laughs> these are all ideas that everybody actually faces at some point of an or another in their lives mm-hmm. so maybe it's not per se um teaching but just like the whole idea of like did i do everything i was supposed to do did i leave my imprint did i does this life that I I'm leaving behind matter at all? So I think that that's, it's really kind of dark in that sense. Like you said, Louis, it's somber, but it, it really makes you think. And, um, I really liked it. I thought it was pretty dope. Yeah. There's, there's a relatability to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny too, because when you watch the twilight zone, most of the male leads are usually like chain smoking, sweaty, dudes that look like stressed <laughs> out and donald pleasance as professor uh fowler i believe El- is how you yeah. like he's the complete opposite of that and speaking of donald pleasance i think it's super impressive that he was 42 years old yeah when he played this role and they had they mm-hmm. did a really good job with the makeups for 1962 like i thought right. it was really impressive you know and and you know Usually here at Haunted Hangover, it's obviously Halloween. We talk a lot about Halloween. And I can't help, like, whenever I see Donald Pleasance, I think of Dr. Loomis because I'm a huge Halloween fan. Obviously, the holiday, again, is a huge, you know, inspiration for the entire existence of Haunted Hangover. So even Mm -hmm. watching this episode, I'm like, Dr. Loomis. But Donald Pleasance is such a good actor, dude, that his performance as Dr. Loomis, which was what? 
This is 62. Halloween was 78. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was a quite a few years Almost later. 20 years later. Almost yeah. 20 years later. And, you know, it's like two different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and honestly, when you watch, and it's funny because Dave and I have been covering the Halloween films on Patreon. Donald Pleasance in those movies is fucking, he's over the top, screaming, yelling. Yeah. yeah. I shot him six times and all this stuff. <laughs> And Just waiting this, for him like, to say it. <laughs> and then in this, he's so like, kind of like slow in the way he's speaking. I get it. He's playing an old man, mm-hmm. but like he's slow and mm-hmm. and he, he's methodical in what he's like. You, it, you could say you, he's acting like this dude mm-hmm. is. Yeah, he is acting. And he's very tearful mm-hmm. in a lot of it, too. Oh, dude, it's it's. Yeah. And, and I have some likes here and most of it pertains to his performance, honestly, but just. It's mm-hmm. just kind of crazy how that's the same dude. Like when you yeah. watch yeah. the crazy Dr. Loomis in Halloween and then you watch, you know, him in this and it, and you and if you ever like if you ever like meet someone who's like, "Oh, Donald Pleasance can't act." Just show them this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, there's like this one the one part that stuck out to me, and we'll jump into some of our likes and I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. probably like the same stuff. I it's probably on your list of likes as well. But my favorite probably thing hands down in this episode is when he's home and he's looking through the that's like a graduation book or something like that and he's talking Mm -hmm. to his housemaid i gave them nothing i gave them nothing at all poetry that left their minds the minute they themselves left aged slogans that were out of date when i taught them quotations dear to me that were meaningless to them as a failure, Mrs. Landers, an abject, miserable failure. I walked from class to class, an old relic, teaching by rote to unhearing ears, unwilling heads. As an abject, dismal failure, I moved nobody. I motivated nobody. I left no imprint on anybody. But just that one scene kind of like solidifies where, like how this character feels, just how much he's putting himself down and all that stuff. Do you guys know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah. It, yeah. it there's so much that I like about this episode. I honestly, I, if we were to like go likes and dislikes, I don't really think that I could say that I dislike anything about the episode. Mm hmm. It yeah, just, you know, some of it doesn't necessarily, uh, isn't necessarily as good as what I like. I, I think it's weird that he has a housekeeper and not a wife, <laughs> but whatever. Well, that's but, actually, I was going to say something like that. Like, it, it, it's weird he has a housekeeper and not a wife, but it also was definitely a conscientious choice. Like, this man has devoted his life to his mm-hmm. career, and maybe you can actually kind of assume that. You know, this has been his focus his whole life. He's never had time for... This is just all just off cuff here, but like maybe he's never had time for a wife or maybe he's never had time for kids or he's never thought about it. Like his students are his kids or whatever. This is... I mean, these are things that actually happen with... Yeah. You know, there's like that 10-year old-ass professor in the school and you're like, you never hear them talk about their kids or or their wife at home because this has been their entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So... It's 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 believable, and I think that was a choice. He's like, well, I got 
I don't got child support to pay, so I got a housekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just home with the maid. Yeah. No, but, and and another scene, and I have I just wrote down scenes because I just, again I just think Donald Pleasance killed it. I love the other. Uh, there's this other scene when he finds out he's gonna lose his job, and he's talking about. I, I'm guessing the principal of the school or or whatever. The headmaster, yeah. The he- headmaster mm-hmm. um, is talking to him and telling him like, "Did you check your mail?" And like the buildup and mm-hmm. and Fowler's like, "No, I haven't checked my my uh, my mail in a week." I can relate to that. I know how that is when you don't check your mail. You're avoiding <laughs> those bills. Um, but like he has this line where he says that he won't desert desert the ship. He'll watch the crew come aboard and depart. I like I love that analogy. And how he's Mm -hmm. taught someone's grandson and thinks he'll Mm -hmm. be able to teach someone's great grandson. It just it just really it like the dialogue used in the episode really like you just like you get into this character's mindset. And that's probably honestly, dude, I can't think of another actor portraying this character like especially with some of the hokiness that, you know, Twilight Zone is known for like William Shatner was in what like three episodes, two or three. Right. They're great Mickey, episodes, but Mickey Rooney was in episodes like yeah. you know chewing but like, scenes. Oh yeah. But like William Shatner is not like the type of actor Donald Pleasance is. I like William Shatner. Don't get me right. wrong. Right, it's but, different. Like, <laughs> You're comparing apples and oranges. Yeah, in mm-hmm. this, in like this is, and it's crazy because most people don't talk about this episode. Like this is yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Right, that's another reason why I wanted to to pick this one, too. I think also a cool, interesting bit of trivia is this was Donald Pleasant's, uh, his American television debut was this episode of Twilight Zone. Mm. He was, you know, he was a West End theater actor and a Broadway theater actor, but this was his television debut was this episode. So I think, like, think of, like, how I mean, you know, I'm making this up more than likely, but maybe I'm not. Like, imagine John Carpenter sitting watching Twilight Zone and being like, damn, that guy is a great actor. Like, I really want to work with that guy. One, Like, how yeah. cool is that, you know? Like, that's yeah. the, the, the in that you have with Donald Pleasance is he's on this heavyweight show. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, that's not why Donald Pleasance was cast in Halloween. Right. But <laughs> if I told you why, you'd be like, okay. Yeah. It's such a, it's, it's. It's such a short episode. In such a short amount of time, he was able to get, like, such good... Like, I felt it. Like, I'm like, I know where this guy has been. Um, what's that term? It's like a it's like a theater term. I think it's a theater term. Oh, no, it's a, it goes for, for screenwriting, too. But, like, in medias, in medias Rex, like, where we're just... We're starting in the middle of things. Like, I know where this guy has been. And I... I I've, I just feel like he did a really great job at mm-hmm. portraying that. He's a hardworking, the little, the little uh, ticks that he had with the glasses. He's always taking the glasses off and cleaning them and putting them back on and cleaning them and putting them back on. I'm like, it's like, yeah. it, I, I thought it, he was just so good. He was so There's, good. there's a lot of depth to the character that yeah. you can glean from a 23 minute episode, which again, yeah, it's goes back to his performance. Let's yeah. No, let's talk about, let's talk about the ending. Yeah. We haven't even touched on the ending okay, yet yeah. or, or the, the conclusion of the, the conclusion. What, what <laughs> saves this man? Now, now I, when I watched this, I took this at, as it being all in his head, because basically what happens is Fowler hears the school bell. He enters the school and inside of the classroom he was in earlier 
are a bunch of his previous students. But we learn that they all did something great and died because of it, but used the knowledge they learned from his class, his classes, in, I guess, kind of being successful at that, even though it killed them in the end. Mm-hmm. And I just... And I, I don't know I don't know how you guys took it, and I want to hear what you guys think. Did you think that was all in his head, or was it a supernatural element? I don't know. I mean, I don't necessarily even think that that aspect matters as much, mm-hmm. you know? Because even if, let's say, it was in his head, it still is the catalyst to pull him out of the thought that he had. But yeah. I, 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 I believe, you know, it's the Twilight Zone, so I believe that... He was visited by these spirits to help him because I mean, you know, they've they've uh, come onto the well, <laughs> they come onto the screen. They yeah. you know they appear uh, mm-hmm. as specters and disappear as such too. And they even tell him at the end, "We have to go back now. Go back now." Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, wherever their afterlife has taken them to. But I mean, you know, I just think it. It doesn't really matter where they're from. It's more so that they're there. What they represent, in right. a way, is kind of mm-hmm. really the point of it. I do like how they all... Like, one guy was in Pearl Harbor. He died in Pearl mm-hmm. Harbor. One yeah. guy was... Uh, I think it was... He was, like, radio... Like, was it radiation testing? He died testing? of radiation Radia- He had leukemia from, cancer. like, radioactivity. Yeah. It was leukemia yeah. or some shit. Well, like, earlier in the episode, he was talking about, like... uh. Fowler, is that his last? His yes, last oh, Okay. So he was talking in the uh, earlier in the episode about how he, like, he was looking through the yearbook like we were talking about, and he was mentioning that he, did, you know, he outlived these people, or, like, he taught somebody's grandson, and in my head, I was just like, he's, like, old, though. So, like, what is he talking about? And I'm forgetting, like, this is a time, right? This is, what, he's 61? This is a time yeah. where, like, all of these young boys were being sent out to, like, war, yeah. So like he's he's actually has literally outlived all of them. So it was kind of cool to like put a, a face to the name when he's just talking about these boys in the yearbook. You don't actually see what they look like. And then there goes, you know, so and so who's always smiling. And there goes this guy who's um With but his yeah, it's it is and, and his freckled the face descriptions. The little ginger boy. Um so <laughs> that that I really like that scene was really cool. Um, being able to like actually see these characters that he was talking about. And I, I just wanted to point out something interesting. So he's, we didn't talk about what kind of teacher he is, right? No, we didn't. What kind of professor he is. So he teaches like, if I'm not mistaken, like poetry analysis or some Mm -hmm. kind of like the art of poetry. Mm -hmm. Earlier in the episode, he's reading them like a little excerpt from whatever the study is for the week. And I didn't understand what the hell the poetry meant. So I went and like, look, I was like curious, like, let me look up this poem. And it's kind of, um, it's foreshadowing for the episode because the poem that he's reading is, it's about like being young and how when you're young, Mm. you don't, you don't listen to the people who are older than you and wiser than you. You just see them. Yeah. So it's, I, I, the, the line was like, but I was 120, no use to talk to me. Like, nobody wants to hear hear from me. Mm-hmm. Focuses on being young 
and um yeah just not listening to people because because we did that too like we didn't listen yeah. to our teachers or our parents when they're like yeah. you know <laughs> ignore people if they're mean to you or like you know friends will come and go we're like okay yeah whatever but that turned out to be true so i yeah, think it's yeah. kind of interesting that he's talking about this poem and then that's exactly what the entire episode is about he yeah. thinks that his students never listened to him and it turned out that they did yeah. And I definitely think that that was those were ghosts. I mean, it didn't have like a older film, their depiction of film and television, their depiction of ghosts is like, ooh, and yeah. floating. They have no feet on the ground. When you do look at like older films and old, older um, television, like their faces are painted white. Their clothes are all white. Yeah. It's that's, I think, why. There was like kind of this idea of like not 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 really knowing like is this in his head or is it a ghost? I do believe that it was a ghost because of specifically because of what you said, Chris. I was like, we're gonna go back now to to the underworld or wherever they go. <laughs> For me, I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be supernatural or not. The only reason why yeah. I say that is because again, when he's looking through the yearbook, he I, I believe he does say the word ghost in that whole monologue he has. Mm -hmm. But yes. you know, you could easily take it as it was all in his head. Right. Because when he's gonna he's gonna go kill himself, literally puts a gun to his head. And then right when he's about to do it, he hears this. So maybe again, it was just like a come to Jesus moment I, I, or something and it was all in his head. But right. I, I like that you I like that you mentioned the that he puts the gun to his head and then he hears this. So what he hears and this goes to Sammy's point before about the poetry too. So what he hears is he hears the classroom bells. He hears the bells yeah. tolling. And um then as he's in the classroom talking with his former students, one of them brings up a poem that meant a lot to him. Yeah. And he tells him, um, it's a poem by John Doan, the, for whom the bell tolls. And he tells him, uh, each man's death diminishes me for I am involved in mankind. Therefore send not to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. And I mean, if you want to take it quite literally, the bells tolling saved this guy's life. Crazy. So they literally did toll for thee in this there episode. And I mean, th that's obviously what you're supposed to glean from that. But I think, it's a very like uh, again. I guess the best word to use it is it's kind of it's kind of romantic and it's kind of sweet mm -hmm. in 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 a way that a lot of Twilight Zone isn't, and that's really why I I chose this. Like rather than somebody getting their comeuppance, this guy is saved because he's a good person. Yeah, I do want to say it's pretty funny seeing him wearing a long jacket and having like a revolver because again I just think of Dr. Loomis <laughs> in that scene he's wearing like the long jacket and he's got the right. gun I was like wait a second also he had the gun in his desk at work I was like damn son okay he's got the piece in it right that was his different was his, time no it was his desk at different home time. that was his desk at home okay I wasn't sure yeah because like, the, the housekeeper she, she notices it that it's gone yeah. oh yes you're right you're right you're right you're right you're right but even regardless this old man's got a piece in his fucking drawer in general um I, I also like in in like right at the end when he's like listening in on the carolers the performance donald pleasance is giving is completely different like he's yeah. so happy and jolly and like this guy's he's he's come to terms with retiring he's like cool with it i just love that you can see how happy he is. That scene, okay, I know I, I wasn't supposed to laugh, but that scene actually 
I like laughed out loud because it was so like, not in a bad way, but it was so obnoxiously excitable compared to before. <laughs> yeah. Like he was sad. There's like the one solo tear and he's got the gun <laughs> on his head. And then you yeah. fast forward to this scene when he opens up those windows and sees the boys and his freaking face. I just couldn't. I was laughing. He's, he was he's like, OK, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> my... so over the top. The dude was suicidal a few hours prior to this. So he was just it's like wild. What a Yo, he, he he appreciated life. He was, you the know, weird he was, beard. Yeah, the we oh yeah, weird beard. I will say too, I, I learned what a dunderhead was. I never I had never heard that word before. <laughs> a stupid What is per- a dunderhead? I had to Google it. A stupid person. <laughs> Because it has early nothing a- to do with the office. No, it's not. No, I guess maybe that's where they got the maybe that's where they got <laughs> yeah. the name from. But it must yeah. be an old term because he's yeah. like really early on before the suicide, before the ghost. He's like, I guess he yeah he he lets the class out early and he calls the students mm-hmm. dunderheads. And I was like, what the hell's a dunderhead? And I googled it. A stupid person. I was like, all right, all o- right, old school, old school lingo here. <laughs> If you had to, if so, we we we've repeatedly said that all the Twilight Zone episodes, in some way or another, for the most part, have a lesson to be learned, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, that's kind of the the theme of the Twilight Zone is you don't listen and you're gonna get your comeuppance. So if if you were to say, and again, this is a different kind of episode, but what if you had to say, what would be the lesson here? I would say, if I had to, I'm not a poet. But if I had to, I would say it's probably like, like count your blessings that when people say count your blessings, it's not, I think he, he can understand that he is somewhat influential, right? Because even in the very beginning of the episode, he makes a comment like, I can't believe you guys all passed that last test. That's wild to me because you didn't seem prepared. It's a miracle that you guys all passed, but you did all pass. So he understands that these kids are learning something, right? But it's almost like he's expecting them to go off and become poets and celebrities. And he wants to hear he wants to hear his name in that acceptance speech. You know, he's not understanding the little things that he does for these students. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm. I feel like it's that whole idea of like, don't don't think so much about what you don't have. Right. Right. And, or, or what you have not accomplished. And focus more on what you have accomplished. You've been right. working for this school for 50 plus years and you've signed several contracts with them. So you're doing something right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that would be. What impact you're having. Exactly. I think that's the, that's, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. 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 That's what I took it as, or just as simple as, as, you know, appreciate life, appreciate what you do and, and understand that, you know, if you're doing things the right way, you can have an impact on people and not even realize it. Sometimes you get mm-hmm. so caught up in your own work, you know, which is what this yeah. character basically was. He was caught up in his job because he thought these kids, like you said, Sammy, were like dumb. But in reality, they weren't. Yeah. And he just didn't realize mm-hmm. what Dun- he had. A bunch of dunders. Dunderheads. Yeah. yeah. Like he didn't realize <laughs> what he w- He didn't realize the effect he had on the people. And, and to the yeah. point that when he lost the job, he was going to kill himself. You know, so like to me, it's just more about like appreciating what you can accomplish in life, you know, for mm-hmm. yourself and for other people and just a- appreciating it. You know, even if yeah. a bunch of ghosts or whatever can't come and sway you <laughs> from 
killing yourself you or shooting know. yourself in the you head. You never know. You might be in a, in a corner of the Twilight Zone. You don't know yet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So do you guys have any uh, closing thoughts on on the changing of the guard? I just I, I, I I'm I'm glad we we did this episode and I'm glad that uh, there's gonna be some kind of audience that you know whoever's listening to this maybe skipped this episode last time or maybe they mm-hmm. just you know had it on in the background or maybe they're me. gonna sit down and watch it and it for <laughs> me it's one of my personal favorites so I hope that whoever else decides to watch it enjoys mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I agree. Usually when you watch the Twilight Zone. You know, if it's not one of the more known episodes, you tend to either skip or fast forward. I'm guilty of that. Some of the Western yeah. ones I've skipped and I'm like, wow, why did I skip this episode? And this might have been one I skipped. But I think the acting is so, so good from Donald Pleasance. I just think he crushes it in this episode. And I'm with you. I'd recommend the changing of the guard. Don't Absolutely. skip it next time mm-hmm. you watch The Twilight Zone. I've had a very good life, Mrs. Landers, a, a very full life, a very rich life. This particular changing of the guard, I wouldn't have it any other way. Professor Ellis Fowler, teacher, who discovered rather belatedly something of his own value, a very small scholastic lesson from the campus of the Twilight Zone. So that was The Twilight Zone, The Changing of the Guard. Be sure to subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Haunted Hangover, and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Haunted Hangover 31. And if you can rate and review us, that would be amazing. And remember, the best cure for a hangover is... More booze! Catch you guys later.